0: Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Dropping the Gloves here. Beautiful afternoon. Tim, we're approaching September. Like, the summer's over. This is my favorite time of the year, but boy, can you believe it? June, July, August is almost over. It's crazy. It's August 21st today. Where did it all go? Time flies when you're having fun,
1: even though there's been a pretty quiet summer, it feels like, for hockey news the last few weeks. Doesn't it feel quieter
0: than, than usual? Let's get back to having fun. Speaking of fun, I, I got a lot of <laughs> a lot of messages. No, you didn't. People wanted to know. Ugh. You had a couple dates lined up this weekend. That's all I thought about. I was splitting wood all weekend. The only thing I could think of is you. John, what you wore, how many haircuts you got, how the dates went. How did it go? Let's tell the truth for a second.
1: You didn't think of it all weekend. You forgot about it until I messaged you this morning telling you how that went. And to not bring it up on the show.
0: The biggest mistake you can do with me is to remind me of something. Because, yes, I forgot about it totally. And then, Tim, I don't know. We've known each other for years. He sends me a message saying, hey, can we not talk about this? Because <laughs> it, we it, really went, it went really well. and I don't want to bring it up on the show. Well, obviously, I want to talk about it. So how did it go? I know the young lady's name that you went out with on the first date. I'm not going to say it because people are going to. They're going to track her down like they, our listeners are smart. They're going to track her down. So how did it go? These dates, Tim, luck, love connection, Chuck Woolery style.
1: It went well. I had I had one scheduled for Friday and one for Sunday. And the one on Friday went well enough that I canceled the Sunday one, which is I don't usually do that.
0: So no. And then you took her out again. Yeah. Yep. What did you do? What is it? What is the first date look like? For Tim Worsberger and, and your lucky companion.
1: <laughs> we um, we went to this neighborhood in Charlotte called Plaza, Noda, stands for North Davidson. And it's just like a bunch of cool bars. And we went to this, just bar hopped a little bit and
0: just got to know each other. It was great. So what do you like? I haven't been on a first date in 20 years. You see you, you pick her up. Do you walk over to her house or do you meet at the bar? Cause she doesn't want you to know where she lives or how does this work?
1: Uh, usually they don't like being picked up on the first date just because they're too heavy, stranger danger. Oh. Um, but, but I did pick her up. Yeah. Offered. Nice. Yeah. And then we, yeah, we bar hopped and then we ended up going out. I don't, I go to bed like so early these days. I don't really drink that much anymore. I've been really good. And we went to this bar, even though we didn't really want to, but like one of her old co-workers was in town visiting his daughter, like an older guy. She's like, I don't want to go, but I haven't seen him in 10 years. That's a red flag. (laughs) And so we went and it was like the bars you go to when you're 21. Everyone was so young. There was like Mm -hmm. a line out the door, the bouncer checking IDs. Everything was overpriced, just watered down drinks and crappy beer. And it was so crowded, elbows to the face and just the bars that. You know, you go to when you're younger and I have no place in my life for that now, but we went and it was fine.
0: What do you order? You say water drowned down drinks. What's your order?
1: Um, I got a gin and tonic. It just yeah. tasted like tonic
0: and with a lime. Yeah, you've got to go with a beer. I think that's a safe bet. In a bottle, not a draft because they don't clean those lines. It's disgusting. I used, to, yes. I used to work at a bar. It's yucky. So it was you a step t- above the double wide in Traverse City, just for context. So you, like you drop that, her off. At what point do you say, you know, I got to cancel the second date? This went so well.
1: I didn't do that till Sunday morning. I like, oh, wow, I you canceled
0: last it. minute.
1: It was no, it was like the morning of the night of, you know, it wasn't that last minute, but
0: and do you lie to the lady who you're canceling the day with, or do you just tell her the truth? I met someone, I, th- I told her the truth. Yeah, I said that. And what did she say? She's like, no
1: problem, thanks. Like some something short. No, that's all, that's that's all she bad. needed to say.
0: Yeah. What if that one was the one? You ever think about that? All the time. Yeah. That's, that's why. Crazy. That's why I thought about it for a day and a half. But. Well, that's a, that's amazing, Tim. Good for you. I'm happy for you. Hopefully, this leads to a wedding because I don't go to many weddings, and I would assume I would be in the wedding party. Would I be in the wedding party potentially? Mm, okay, I'll say potentially. I'll I'll give you that oh man i would ruin that wedding party the bride would be looking over your shoulder who's that i'm like sweetie your husband's right in front of you head on a swivel walking down the aisle uncomfortable who's that tall guy up there okay. all right anyways moving on i'm up in northport not yet we, we were up there last night i had to drive into town and get some stuff so we're pseudo on vacation life is good here this is my favorite time of year End of the summer, beginning of the fall. The weather's still nice, but the fudgies are gone, as we call them up here. The people on vacation, so it's just it's a little nicer. My wedding anniversary is in two days, which is exciting. August twenty third, it'll be fifteen years. Wow. Do your kids yeah, we, care about that? No, i'm not a not one iota. So I'm gonna go pick her up a card. I already did the wedding anniversary present. We went to Rome. We went to Portugal. So that's already bought and paid for. You know what I mean? So I've I've already Christmas anniversary. It's everything. Cash that check, man. Like that was a big gift for her to do that because I didn't really want to go. So there we go. I just got to get a card waiting to see what my present is. I'm assuming it's nothing. But hoping for something hopeful for something almost done split my wood. So life is good. And it got me thinking. Who else is life good for NHL defenseman? The Segways are killing it. Tim and I were popping around ideas of what to do for this show. And I have a lot of fun stuff. I like drafting teams. That's what I like to do. Tim and I used to do it every year. We've fallen off a little bit. He needs so much prep time. I'm more of a let's do this in an hour. And he's like, I need some prep time. And then it just never happens because we have interviews, different things come up. I finally got him to just say yes on this idea. Tim and I are going to draft the best possible defensive core six defensemen which i know is not you usually have seven or eight we're only drafting six cuz that's how many we you play and we have the cap at 26 million because i went through all the defensive cores and it's roughly 26 million is what you spend on the back end for a good d unit now yes there's some that are are lower like the arizona coyotes of the world i think they spend maybe 10 to 12 million on their d core there's some that are higher Tampa Bay Lightning, well, maybe not so much that they don't have it done anymore, but yes, the average is twenty six million so that's that's the piggy bank we're working with here, and we're not allowed to duplicate picks. This is a live draft. I don't know who Tim wants to pick. Tim doesn't know who I want to pick. We're going to go pick by pick, and then at the end of this, our listeners our our valued listeners, we really appreciate it. You can dissect our picks and tell us who has the best decor, and it's fun, right, Tim, and then if we have time. I don't know if we're going to have time. We're going to draft the worst possible decor for six players, players that are overpaid, underperforming. And we're going to try to do that. So it's basically going to be, I know who I would pick for my worst. Yeah. It's like Seth Jones, Carlson, those types of players who are just overpaid. Very good defensemen. That's the thing. They're they're tremendous world-class defensemen. They're just overpaid. Norris, my Norris winner of this past season will be on my worst D group. Isn't that wild? Wild.
1: You got a couple of requests this morning. One of our friends, Andrew, saw there's a list going around of these top 20 defensemen, and Carlson's pretty high. Ducky Hamilton's pretty low. It's a strange list. So they want to hear your take on it. So it's like we're kind of covering this sort of thing anyway. So
0: timing's good. Well, it's, it's the whole dynamic of the NHL, what people value and what are important. And gone are the days of defensive defensemen. I'm done. Like it's, it's a dying breed. It's, it's, it's like the running back in the NFL. Nobody cares. Nobody cares if you can carry the ball three hundred times and put up however many yards you get in a season, two thousand. Those are those are gone. They don't value that position anymore, much like a defensive defenseman. Who cares? We want you to get the puck. We want you to join the rush. We want you to be effective on the power play. We want to see speed. We want Quinn Hughes. We want we want Roman Yossi's. We want Kale McCarros. We want Adam Foxes. We want these types of defensemen. So it is what it is. The game's evolving. Until it gets to a point well, when you need a defensive defenseman, there's no one to be found. And it's like, oh, I wish I had a defensive defenseman to kind of go out there and block a shot or kill this penalty or do the hard things that no one wants to do. There's still some out there. There's still some good ones, but they're trending trending in that direction, Tim. All right. Who gets to pick first, Tim? Have you thought of this?
1: Yeah, I did. I'd like you to pick first. You usually let me go first in these types I of things. So it feels, but it feels like belittling. Like you're letting like the little kid go first because you're not threatened by me. So I want to let you go first this time.
0: All right, I'll take it. Do you pick the best player available, which is obviously Kale McCarr. He's got a $9 million salary, which is great. Not the highest defensive salary out there, but a good value for any player. The guys a Norris Trophy winner, a con Smythe winner, a Stanley Cup winner. He's still in his prime, if not hasn't reached his prime yet. So I would be silly not to pick him right, Tim? But there's other players out there who have a lower salary, who are just, I don't want to say just as effective, but the value is there. But when I look at a player who does what Kao McCarr does, who has the rap sheet that he has, he's got 1.01 points per game over the last three seasons, leads all blue liners, he's first in goals, six in assists, fourth in points. He's incredible. He does it all. He it wasn't just a flash in the pan when they won the Stanley Cup. When he came out of college and he took the world by storm, he was the f- third defenseman ever to win the Conn Smythe, the Norris, and the Cup in the same season, joining Bobby Orr and Nicholas Lidstrom. Pretty esteemed company for Kale McCarr, and he's just getting better. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to reinvent the wheel here. I think the obvious pick is Kale McCarr, and that's the pick I'm gonna make. This is the guy I'm gonna put on to start the game. This is a guy I'm going to put on. Maybe not to finish the game, but he's going to play 25 minutes. He's going to be my first power play unit. Every offensive face off is this guy. He makes $9 million a year. So I only have 15 million left to round out my group, but I'm taking Kale McCartan for my number one pick. It's
1: a good pick. It's a good pick. Um, and I'm glad you did. I kind of thought you would. And that's sort of part why I gave you the first pick. For My first pick, I... I, I Kind of a similar intro. I want the guy that can do a little bit of everything. And I'm, I'm finding that at a cheaper value. He's not as talented or as gifted as a Kale McCarr, but he is very, very elite. He's top 10 on any list you see. And he's, he could be higher. He does everything. He's not just an offensive specialist. He lays the body, just ground shattering hits. He's out there in all situations. He put up 73 points this year and he's only making $6 million. That man is Rasmus Dahlin. He's my first yeah. pick.
0: I I liked him, too. He's definitely on my list, and he's $3 million million cheap, which is crazy. That guy's in for a big raise. This is his last year. on his. He signed a three-year, $18 million contract with the Sabres three years ago. So imagine what he's going to get. If Makar makes nine, he's going to – what do you think is a fair number for Dali? He's going to average a point per game the rest of his career. He's more physical than Makar is. I think overall he's better than Makar. I don't think Dali has had the surrounding cast that Makar has had. What do you think is fair for him? It's going to be an eight year deal. When's his contract up? This year.
1: Oh, he's, oh man. Um, yeah, 10, 12.
0: It's going to be know. massive. It's yeah. going to be a massive contract. The guy's an absolute stud. All right, moving on. I don't know where to go this route. Do you pair a defensive defenseman to go with Kale McCarr, or do you keep your foot on the gas and keep the, the other team on their, on their heels and keep the pressure on? I love what this guy did in this year's playoffs. He took over a defensive core who already had a stud back there in Aaron Ekblad. Everybody was worried about him. All of a sudden, this guy came in and just lit it up. And it wasn't surprising because in the regular season, he put up 73 points. He just played better in the playoffs if that was possible. And he only makes $3.5 million. Brandon Montour is one of those guys who just flies under the radar. And all of a sudden, you look at the score sheet. He's got two assists. He's got five hits. He's plus three. It's like, whoa. Nothing flashy, nothing crazy. He does everything really, really safely, and he's a good, offensively gifted player. Don't you think, Tim? This was his coming out party this year. He had a fantastic year. Moving on, he'll be top 10 defenseman in the league from from this point on, in my opinion.
1: 16 goals, 73 points for Montour last last season, and $3.5 million, like you said, that's a, that's a steal. He was pretty high on my list, too.
0: That's not bad for Brandon Montour. Not bad.
1: Okay, well, I'm looking at a guy thinking of, you know, speaking of pairing with a responsible defenseman. Part of what why Kale McCarr is able to do what he does is because he plays with a guy who's so underrated and so underpaid. That man is Devin Tays, who also puts up pretty hefty points. He had 50 points last year while taking the defensive zone faceoffs, while blocking shots, while staying back while McCarr does his thing. And he makes only 4.1 million dollars this year. The shoo-in. He's on top 10 defensemen in a lot of lists, but certainly 15 to 20. And he does everything. You think he's so underrated. And um, yeah, he's going to look really good. Whether I put him with Darlene or someone else for 4.1, you can't do better.
0: Yeah, I was going to do him for my second pick to pair with Kale McCarr, but I thought it would would just be too annoying. It's like, oh, they're already deep pairing. Like do something different. I think Montour has a higher offensive upside. than sure. But that was my that was my justification. Anyways, moving on. I feel like I, I do have one more sizable defenseman I should pick here. A guy who, who eats up a lot of contract, but also eats up a lot of minutes. So there's a lot to pick from on this list. And there's the Roman Yosses of the world, who I think is a fantastic player. He does it all. The Dougie Hamiltons of the world, who I think is just fantastic in his own right. I like, I like having Norris Trophy winners on my team for some reason. I just think that it just feels nice. You know what I mean? Pair that along with the Stanley Cup champion. I think that feels nice. And I think this guy won the Con Smythe as well. I can't remember. He's a friend of the show. Victor Hedman is my third defenseman on the block today. I think he's going to pair in nicely on my second D pairing unit on the left side, which sounds crazy to have Victor Hedman, my second D pairing unit. That's who I'm going to take. Victor Hedman at $7.875 million. He's the 18th highest paid defenseman. He's top three D man in the league every single year. The guy's an absolute stud. He's thirty two years old. He's played in every situation you can imagine: Stanley Cup Finals jackpot, overtime jackpot, Olympic setting jackpot. The guy's done it all. Oh, and to boot, he's six foot six, two hundred and thirty five pounds. The guy's an absolute monster out there. So he can play the body. He can block shots. He can put him on his first or second second power play unit. He can eat minutes up. Tim. He averages almost twenty four minutes a game. The guy's the guy's an animal. So yes, Victor Hedman, welcome to the team. Wow. So you spent you spent over twenty million dollars already on three players. Isn't that funny how it works like that? When you add contracts, then you have to just subtract it. You're good at doing math. I'm I don't saying, care what anybody a says. A lot of money. you I not don't in care what anybody van. says.
1: <laughs> okay. Um. Man, there's there's a few picks here, and I and I'm kind of going back and forth on a few of these. I really like um the Montour pick. I don't like your other
0: picks as much. I'm going to go with the oh, guy. Oh, you don't like kill was... McCarr and Victor Hedman. Okay, that, that says a lot of mm-hmm. your hockey um, prowess. You're very, very smart. Yeah, just you
1: spent a lot of money. for for uh, It's a lot of money. You got to um, spend
0: money to make money. I don't understand. All right, go ahead.
1: Yeah, but now you, you get, <laughs> you're going to be going for, like, bottom pairing defenseman for the rest I of the year. I almost took backs. Miro Heiskanen. Great defenseman.
0: But he makes more than Victor Hedman. So I had to make the smart decision.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with the guy who's just basically, I think he's the the most um, points among defensemen since he joined the league, a stat I saw recently, but certainly top two or three. And certainly among assists, that man is Quinn Hughes, still just 23 years old. He makes 7.8, which is, um, he's making less than all the players who are, he's scoring more points than. 76 points last year, he's going to be a stud and um, takes a lot of pressure off Darlene too. will probably run power play one. So that's that's my third pick there.
0: Okay, so your team is terrible so far, but I I like your aggressiveness to uh, get there. Oh, man, I'm going to come right under. I got my next three players lined up, and it's going to come in right under the cap. I, I have managed this perfectly, Tim. Absolutely perfectly. My fourth pick, I like having bigger defensemen, don't you? It's fun. You got the size, guys who can skate a little bit. I love Victor Hedman's, but I don't need that all the time. Sometimes I need a little water bug to go out there. I separate the man from the puck and this little guy comes in and picks up the trash and makes the outlet pass. I need that. And I talk about this guy a lot. He, he's, he's in the press quite a bit. He just got bought out by his team. John Tortorella uh-huh. didn't like him. He's a solid guy. You could put him on the power play unit. You can hide him on the five, six guy play him against the third and fourth line. Anthony Delangelo. He's a great defenseman. Everywhere he goes, he puts up points. He's a little controversial here and then here and there, but he he does what he's put out there to do. Get the puck out of your zone, make the first good pass out of your zone, and be good on the power play. That's it. You pair him with a Victor Hedman, it's a win-win all the way around. So I'm taking Anthony Delangelo for $1.675 million. Yeah, that's a good steal. A little
1: bit of a potential question mark, but you've got some character on that back and They'll keep him in
0: oh, line. Oh, they're going to keep him in line. Multiple Stanley Cup winners here, and more to come.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, The next is probably the best. Um, Speaking of responsible, you're going to put up a lot of points, but I don't know how, how responsible these guys are in the back end. This is probably the best defensive defenseman in the league, which pokes him among the top defensemen in the league. And we asked a friend of our show, he said, fill in the blank. He's a top X defenseman in the league. He said two, a little bit of a bias. That was Seth Jarvis. This man is Jacob Slavin. And I'll tell you what, he's not making much money either. I think he's making $6 million. 5.3. It's 5.3 yeah that's a steal right there That's how
0: you build a championship caliber roster john no it's it's great if you just want to block shots all the time, but I want to be able to put points on the board I want to entertain the entertain the fans and Hughes I want and to win Darlene, hockey games. baby
1: Hughes and Skips, Darlene.
0: dig the long ball that's what we're going for here. We're going for the best group all right I'm rounding out my six my five and six. They don't play many minutes doesn't have to be sexy. I want them to kill penalties. I want them to strike fear in the opposition's eye when they cross the blue line. Is this guy going to bury me through the boards? Am I going to have to fight somebody? I want some accountability. I've said it for years. I like tall guys. I'm a tall guy. I'm a tall drink of water, Tim. My fifth overall pick, just fresh off of winning the Stanley Cup, Nicholas Hagee. The guy's an absolute beast. Six foot five or six throws the mitts around we saw him just dummy matthew could chuck all series long anytime he wanted to mix it up and Haggy was there said bring it on he makes 2.294 150 million dollars per year dumb contract i don't like that just make it around 2.295 or something but we're going to count every quarter tip this guy's a stanley cup winner he's a moose on the back end and i think he's perfect for what i need in this situation responsible defensively Last minute of the game, Stanley Cup playoffs. Who was out there? Nicholas Haggy. The guy's great. Boom. How much does he make? Two point. We'll round up. I'll even give you that extra seven hundred fifty dollars. Two point two nine five. Okay. Okay.
1: Now we're getting into uh, the tight roster here. I'm I'm, I'm at twenty three point two five. I got basically two and a half million to fill in two defensemen here. So we are looking at the, the bargain bin and I'm looking at the, probably the same list you're looking at. I want a guy who can be a specialist. I've got my, my defensive guys already. I've already got my penalty killers. I've got the shut down all types of situations. How about a guy who can just surprise you and put up a lot of points? Doesn't ask for much. Doesn't make much. Eric Gustafson, eight two five. He's going to go in and put up 50 points. If you let him. So it's an easy, it's an easy win for me.
0: It is. I think he was a product of just a bad team and getting an opportunity, but if you put him on a good team, I don't think he puts up that many points. I saw him. I didn't pick him. There's a reason. There's a reason for that. My last pick is a player who's relatively young for the NHL, but he's played many, many years in Finland before he came over, had some success early, really blossomed when he was given an opportunity to kind of show everything he has. Again, another tall, Tall oh, man. We're talking six foot six, Tim, like an absolute mountain of a man. When you pair that with Nicholas Hagee and Victor Hedman, I don't think you're going to have a chance to play physical against my team. He plays in the Dallas star system, which we know breeds good defensemen. Yanni Hockenpop. The guy's a top flight defenseman. He doesn't put up many points, but he plays defensive hockey. You can stick him out there versus the other team top line. Got some playoff pedigree. Not going to put up any points, but I like the, I like the cut of his jib, Tim. I have my offensive guys. I got Montour. I got Makar. I got Delangelo. I got Hedman. I need guys who can just go out there, eat up some minutes, play some play some PK. So Yanni Hakanpaa is my final guy. He makes $1.5 million.
1: Okay. What's your, what's your number at now?
0: My number is at 25 point something million okay i'm under
1: okay all right i'm looking at uh my last pick here you kind of (laughs) this is the fun stuff because it's like the bottom of the barrel players but they're still good and by the way for our listeners we excluded all entry-level contract guys which is why we don't have any of those Mo ciders and owen powers and those types of guys um let's see here
0: i finished at 25.85 million dollars. (laughs) <laughs> That's pretty good. Do I pick up uh, Jared Tenordi, your boy? You have I can't believe you're not prepared for this. Tim is sitting at $24 million, so he has just under $2 million to spend. There's a lot of options at this price range. He doesn't need a stud. He's got a couple in Dalling and Hughes. What I would like to see in him is some is some physicality? Are you really going to leave the heavy lifting up to Jakob Slavin? Is that the guy who you're going to go to if you need a big hit? where you got to answer for a big hit and you need to fight can't send Dalene, you can't send Taves or Gustafson or Hughes those are all mini-me's where's the beef Tim Allah Arby's where's the beef and he's frantically searching he just can't do it he knows when he's beat and he's just grasping at straws it's not there you should call your girlfriend go out on a date maybe she can cheer you up but you've lost this bet Three picks ago, you were laughing at me because, oh, you've spent so much money. What are you going to do? Tim, I have a fantastic team. Are you ready for your sixth pick? Everybody's waiting.
1: Yeah. This is actually, uh, speaking of physicality, I don't know that it gets much tougher. And he don't need to get him, he doesn't need to give you much. Can he give you a six, eight, eight, eight minutes in a night and protect everybody else out there while being probably the toughest guy in the league? Curtis, Curtis McDermott.
0: Nine eight seven five. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I win. I win. Tim. He played forward last year because he, he couldn't cut it on the back end. He's he's the John Scott of the new NHL. And he's out of all the hundreds of defensemen in the NHL, you picked Curtis McDermott. You told me That's, I need
1: physicality and toughness. It doesn't get well, tougher or more physical
0: than him. You're right. It doesn't get tougher, but you still got to play the game. And I, I, I'm doing this to chirp myself. If I'm making a top six defensive list, I'm, I'm nowhere near the top six. You've made your bed with that one. There's not a chance you win this competition a- in the world. Can we just say that? No, no. My team is, you're a very top heavy, John. You're very top heavy. You have
1: a lot of specialists on your team. My guys can all do everything except for McDermott. But he doesn't have to.
0: I have two defensemen who are better than your six. In Makar and Hedman. I have a better point getter in Brandon Montour than your top six. No, no. Hughes Maybe Daleen's Darlene. better. Hughes, Hughes is not better. Hughes is better than everyone
1: except for Makar in terms of putting up points.
0: I have more Maybe physicality, more size. I just think overall. Hedman's 10, got a lot of miles on him. I don't know if he, how many more elite seasons he has. I he's think we've seen
1: his best hockey
0: already. He's 32 years old. I don't know yeah, what you're talking. He's 32
1: about. with a 35 year old body at this point, Tim.
0: When you're grasping at straws. You just would admit know that maybe, better than anyone. You, you're grasping at straws. This is sad. I don't want to see it. Last year, he put up 50 points in 76 games. The guy's still a stud. 85 the year before. He does it all. He does all absolutely is, everything. I What's hear regression.
1: Happening? I hear regression. It's is 50 less or more than 85? It's less. Oh, so he's getting worse. Gosh, that's the guy. Yeah. That's your guy? That's who you want to I, guess if, I guess if
0: fifty is bad, that's okay. But he's on my second pairing. I have Makar and Montour on my first pairing. Montour 73, Makar 80 something. So I guess I'm okay. If you have 30 25 minutes
1: a night from Devin Taze and Jacob Slavin, you're not you're just not scoring any points. Yeah. Nothing's okay. getting by those guys.
0: Okay. We will let the people give us the answer. Because I I don't. All right, moving on. We've done the best.
1: Hockenpah, come on.
0: Well, not all the guys can make $9 million. So you have to spread it out. I would take a Yanni Hockenpah over a Curtis McDermott any day of the week. Right? I would take a Nicholas Hagee over an Eric Gustafson any day of the week. You're you're 5'6". It's disgusting. It's insulting.
1: And you should do better. John, do you remember what Montreal did with four defensemen in the playoffs? Oh, you were given the, the opportunity four defensemen to draft not, six.
0: Okay. So Gustafson was one of them, I think. If this, was, if this was where you were going, then why not spend all $24 million and just do four guys who make $7 million? And just go, go all in on the top four and then do two minimums. Just do that. Just go down the list or go a couple nines and a couple fives. But that's not what you did. You even managed to pick garbage $7 million players. I would have taken an Eckblad over a Quinn oh, Hughes.
1: No, no, come on. You need to have one guy who's going to put up points no matter what, and that's Quinn Hughes. He's the best at it.
0: Why not Josh Morris, who makes 6.25? Flash in the pan. He had a good 76 season. points. He had a good season. Quinn
1: Hughes is not. He's at a whole other level. whole other caliber of offensive you, defenseman.
0: You, and you know that. Hughes you obsession. just hate that I love the Hughes. You just hate that I love him. I don't know what you guys do in the offseason, you and the Hughes brothers, Luke and Quinn and Jack day, triple day. and Tim. It's scary. I would like to see your walls in your bedroom, how many posters you got and what shape those posters are in. Kiss marks and all these other stains. It's disgusting. And it's not for this show. OK, leave the Hughes boys alone. They don't deserve it. Silence speaks volumes. Your silence is deafening. Tim, moving on i'm sorry you guys had to hear that we've done the best now it's time for the worst we're going to draft the six contracts that are the worst value for the players tim do you have a list for this no i think you do oh good what the what what are we doing here I think we know what we're doing here. So we're going to draft the worst defenseman for the let's not do that. I don't want to I don't want to burn any bridges. I think we can resoundly say it's Eric Carlson. Even Drew Dowdy a bad contract these days. You got Seth Jones, who's an awful contract. Darnell Nurse can be in the conversation. There's just a lot of bad contracts room around the league right now. I don't want to burn any bridges. I've just burned four of them. So, huh. you know, Mark Edward Vlasic, friend of the show. Is hey, there some bad money? Provorov, yeah, some bad, some bad ones. Tori Krug, ones. a friend of the show, friend of Tim. All right, let's do some uh, quick hits, Tim. What are we talking about today? There was a trade over the
1: weekend. One of the, uh, one of the guys that not a friend of the show, but the show is a fan of Labushkin got traded from the Sabres to the Ducks in exchange for a fourth round pick in 2025, which was formerly Minnesota's. So they don't really give up much to get him. Buffalo. I think needed to shed a little bit of cap. Anaheim gets a pretty solid defenseman who can you know, play some good minutes and lay the body. What do, you, what do you think of the move?
0: I don't mind it. I think Anaheim needed some help on the back end. They, got, they brought in Gouda this offseason. They got Robert Haig and Drew Hellison. Jackson Lacombe is a young kid who's going to make the jump from the uh, minors. But Elie Labushkin is a, is a low-value, good defenseman who we know what he does. Right? He doesn't try to reinvent the wheel like I was talking about earlier. He just plays a good defensive, solid, hard hockey game. I think that's good for this young D unit in Anaheim. A once promising team, Tim, really promising. Remember a few years back, everybody was just excited about Zegers and Terry and all these young kids. Lundstrom, it hasn't come to fruition for whatever reason. I don't know. Jamie Drysdale, he never really took that next step. Maybe this year is the year. Max Jones is another fun kid to watch, but you get Alex Killorn, you sign him. What else have they really done? I I don't know. John Gibson wants out for a reason. Good good trade. I think Ilya Bushkin will will play well there. He was kind of forced out in Buffalo. They have a strong back end in Buffalo. And like you mentioned, the contract situation, his numbers didn't really work there. But uh, I don't know, Anaheim, uh, I did, remember how excited we were? They were a part of the Detroit, the Ottawa's of the world, the Buffalo's of the world, like the next group who was going to compete in the NHL for Stanley Cups in five, 10 years. And I don't think Anaheim's in that conversation anymore.
1: Well, Jamie Drysdale only played eight games last season. He was injured. He's only 21 years old. He's not under contract yeah. yet, but that's coming. Um, and then you added Leo Carlson, who was a lottery pick this year. I don't know. I think they could still, I still see something growing here, but you're right. They haven't taken the, the next leap there. And I, the question still for me and Trevor is so like how much of it is, is flash and how much is it a substance? You know what I mean? Like what's a player like him if they made the playoffs next year which they won't but like what does a guy like him do in a playoff run does he show up and not not for lack of effort or anything like that or character just he's not that big he's gonna get tossed around he's put up good points 61 and 65 and over the last two seasons but how much of that is just just big minutes for a small young skilled player that i don't know how much is behind it you know what i'm saying
0: yeah, how much substance is there? I think Killorn will be good for these guys. He'll bring some of that veteran leadership. He's obviously been there, done that. And I, I, don't, I don't think it's there. Uh, you know, I, And it's not because of the flashy stuff. It's not because of the Michigan goals. It's not because of how he acts off the ice and his his attitude on the ice. A lot of the time seems just blasé, and he's just, just kind of a jerk with what he does. I don't think he has it. I think he's a good second-line guy. You put him in the second-line center position. Hopefully, Leo Carlson, like you mentioned, can be their first-line center. But um no, if if he's your 1A centerman, I don't I don't think it's a good sign for the Anaheim Ducks. All right, what else are we do on Tim? Yeah,
1: some uh former friends of the show here got some jobs and more of uh of your favorite, I don't know, management nepotism jobs that mean nothing. Yeah. So the Sharks added Ryan Miller as a goalie scout and goaltending development specialist. Thomas Vanek has been hired as an amateur scout in Minnesota. Uh, for the sharks, so Minnesota's his territory, so basically he's not gonna leave his house um and they were both former teammates with Mike Greer when they were in Buffalo.
0: yeah, they're not gonna do anything. Vanek, especially will not do anything. He'll go and he'll hang out. That's it. you know he's got a house like you mentioned there he he we will be at the rink. he'll maybe have a glass of wine, not gonna do a thing. Milsey, we talked about it before the show, we could see him maybe doing a little bit more.
1: He'll He'll does, it seriously.
0: He does take things seriously, even on our show. Go back and listen to the episodes. Very just smart guy in depth. He's going to do his research and he's going to come in. What I see happening there, he's going to see who's in net and he's going to be in practice teaching these guys things. And all of a sudden he's going to, you know, I'm better than you. I, I know I'm an advanced age. I think he's 40 years old, but he's like Kakinen, I know you're from Minnesota, Mackenzie Blackwood. I, I think I'm better than both of you. And he's going to make a comeback. And he'll be playing in that for the San Jose Sharks at the end of the year. It's going to be a beautiful situation, but all kidding aside, it's just a joke. These guys are just paychecks for nothing. It's, it's a Calgary just hired um friend of mine, Brad Richardson, to be a scout. It's a, I want that job. Wasn't he the that coach? Job. Brad Richardson? Wasn't he the coach of the Blackhawks? No, that's Luke Richardson. Oh. Brad Richardson, a 16-year NHL vet, kind of like a fourth-line specialist, good in, the, yeah. good in the face-off circle, played with him in Arizona. Great guy. Great guy. But yeah, I just, just hired for a scout in Calgary, Western scout.
1: Yeah, he's he was always good against the Bruins. If him and Vernon Fiddler probably played 20 games against the Bruins in his career, I bet he has 30 points. It was crazy.
0: He would just always just do well against Boston. Um, and let me tell you this. Scouts do nothing, Okay especially hockey players all they do is they go watch a couple if you're a scout in the western conference you go watch some whl games you circle some guys and you say oh this guy's good that's it It, it, there's nothing to it you could do it from your couch but they go to the rink i've talked to scouts at rinks before i know how they work because i sit out a lot of games and i just chew the fat with them and you basically got to get one good player a year that you think is good and you just say that's my guy get him drafted in the sixth round we'll develop him he'll be a good player that's it's that's it and if he doesn't work out it's his
1: fault not you the
0: scout yeah you develop them the team develops them i just pick them it's not my fault it's it's the strength conditioning it's the the talent people on the team who try to develop young talent it's just it's such a racket you don't need a scouting system whatsoever in north america i get it if you have people in you know in europe and stuff because you don't get over there you don't see the games different time zones this and that you know everything you, you can get the stats you can you can see what the other scouts are saying there's whole websites and people that they're strictly devoted to just ranking these players after the first two rounds it's a crapshoot you might as well just throw a dart at a dartboard there's nothing there's nothing there where you find the hidden gems are russia and finland and sweden and these types of places where they've been playing pro for a few years and you pick them up and then it's like oh why, why was this guy not in the nhl Someone sees him, they believe in him, let's come over and then you you have a player. Oh, the Kirill Kaprizov's of the world. It's like, okay, go and grab a guy like that. That's where you need scouts. I would invest everything in scouting in Europe. That's what I would do, Tim. I would have zero scouts in North America. They're useless. Useless as can be. But congratulations to those guys. That's great. Speaking of scouting in, in
1: Europe. There's a player. So there's a list going around this morning of, of guys who have still not signed contracts. And it's the usual, you know, Patrick Kane, Tatar, Danton Heinen, whatever. Um, Jesse puglia is on the list. He's still not signed. And I'm thinking like, OK, we talked about this at length on the show. Do you remember what he said when he was interviewed in Finland uh, back in December, having a, not a great season? And it was kind of like a put up or shut up. Year for him, and he's playing top line minutes. He's getting chances with McDavid, with title, and he basically had zero points. So he was interviewed, and this is the quote that he said. And this is why I think part of the reason he doesn't have a contract. He said, "Quote: Twenty games in, and I have one goal. It's sad. Of course, I'd like to be a productive top line player, but right now it looks like I can't do that in the NHL. Maybe some other league. I'm trying to find out who I am as a player since it looks like I don't fit anywhere here in Edmonton. I've started checking a lot and lead the team in hits." At least that's some positive. If you, <laughs> I've got I've got that going for me. If you play with Connor, you have to score. Maybe I just don't have it. Now we talked about this at the time. You almost feel bad for the kid. He's being very hard. A lot of pressure. He's not delivering, and so like it's a bad attitude. But it's not. It's a bad attitude because it's it's like pathetic. You know what I mean? It's not like a. It's not a problematic. Although this sort of energy can be contagious for people. But if you're a GM and he's sitting there. He doesn't even think he he has no confidence. He doesn't even think he belongs in, in North America.
0: But would you sign him? Would anyone? I feel bad for this kid because he was drafted first round, fourth overall. All the potential in the world. Big bodied, six foot four, 200 some pounds. The expectations were sky high. And he was thrust into a situation in Edmonton where he was surrounded by negativity. He was surrounded by people who just wanted the Edmonton Oilers to succeed so bad, but he had he had no chance to succeed, Tim. It, it was just such a bad spot for him to be. He goes, gets sent down to the AHL that same year because he played pro in Finland. He was allowed to be sent down. And he just, after that, it didn't really click for him. And I've seen it time and time again, these young guys, these high draft picks, they get put into a situation where they can't succeed. And yeah, you know, he played with Connor McDavid. Yeah, he played with all these big players and he had opportunities. I get that. I think they broke him his first season. He should have never made the NHL in 2016 and 17. He should either should have either stayed in Finland and developed more. He was a young kid at that time. I think he was 18 or he should have came over and played the whole season in Bakersfield. He was eligible for the AHL and just do that and just get used to the North American game because he is a solid player. Like he played well in the Finnish elite league when he was 16. The skills are there, but I think they broke him mentally. Edmonton's a hard place to play. Nail Yakupov, same thing. They broke that kid. Very, very high-talented guy. Didn't really work out. And we saw it time and time again. Even Taylor Hall didn't work out in Edmonton until he left when he went to New Jersey. I don't want to say he sprouted, but you can tell he enjoyed hockey when he left Edmonton. It was a tough place to play during those times. And it even is now. McDavid and Dryensaddle, you can't tell me they're living their best life in Edmonton. Having to answer day after day, why aren't we winning the Stanley Cup? What's going on? Whose fault is it? What's happening? What are we doing to get better? I feel bad for him. I really do.
1: What are what are, for the differences in uh for Americans who don't know, what are the major market differences for players who live in Edmonton versus Toronto?
0: Well, it's it's essentially Toronto's worse just because it's bigger, but it's also better because it's bigger where you can just hide. You have the Blue Jays, you have a huge city to kind of distract you from the Leafs. Edmonton, it's just the Oilers. It's the Oilers 24-7. Everybody watches every game. Everybody's a smart hockey fan, so they know how to play the game. So if a defenseman isn't there positionally, they know it. If a forward isn't there on the defensive end, they know it. They have a million writers who dissect everything you do. And when you're a Yessi you Poviar and you're coming in, you're, you're surrounded by all these other 1st overall picks, the Halls, the Yakupovs, the Gagnés, the Nuge Hopkins, and you have this young team, and everybody has these sky-high expectations, and then you fall flat on your face? it's a tough pill to swallow and you're the one to blame you're like we're giving you all these opportunities why aren't you producing and you're 18 years old Like, that's hard that's hard to to live up to and to deal with mentally so i like what he's saying he's like i i didn't have it what do you want me to do like maybe i don't belong in the nhl it's hard to hear but it's it's the truth so i don't know it's too bad a kid who should be a good player in the nhl and he's not because of, I think he was thrust into a situation too early that he didn't fully understand and he wasn't ready for. It.
1: Is there any chance, I know he didn't really ever have a great season. Two years ago, he had 36 points, which is okay in 65 games. Does, is there any Galchenyuk effect here because of how highly he was drafted where he'll keep getting shots? Or do you think he goes back to Europe?
0: Um, If I were him, I would stay in Europe. I think he can get opportunities, but... I think he makes more money in Finland or Russia or wherever he signs in Europe because he's, he's valued more over there. He's, he's done more over there, but yeah, he could come and sign a one and a half million dollar deal for a couple of years and be a third line guy. But I think a team would give him an opportunity. Is yeah. it embarrassing?
1: Go back to Europe for guys who didn't work out in the show. Yeah,
0: yeah I would think so. Right. Yeah. Cause the NHL is the best league in the world and you want to succeed there. And he's fourth overall pick. Like he, yeah. he's. Like that, that's you're you're walking back with your tail between your legs. Like it didn't work out. I'm back. Sorry. So it is what it is. It's, it's not easy, but I I love his honesty. I I really do. It's refreshing. He's like, maybe I'm not made for the NHL. So what are you going to do? Too bad. I I like the kid, but he just, some people got it. Some people don't go back to Sweden. Sorry. I keep saying he's from Finland. He's from Sweden. Go back to Sweden and play in the Swedish elite league. Make a couple million bucks and have fun, live at home. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's only 25 years old, for Pete's sake. He can still play for another 10, 15 years. Just not in the NHL.
1: Yeah, last thing what? here. Uh, just a request. So, we've done a lot of voicemails in the last couple of months this year, and they've been great. And so, what we want to do is every so often we're a little bit more focused and a kind of a request from our listeners. And we'll do this a few weeks from now. Hopefully, we get you guys to send some in. So, the first kind of request is to send us stories of your funniest most embarrassing on ice hockey moments whether you whiffed on a breakaway or your girlfriend's there and you embarrassed yourself you caught an edge you wiped out getting off the bench whatever tell us your funniest most embarrassing on ice hockey story we'll play the best ones in a few weeks from now and hopefully we'll have a good laugh while doing it that number just once again is 980-522-8146 it's also on our social media pages as a pin post so you'll see it if you check it out either twitter or instagram
0: do you notice Tim can't stop talking about girlfriend stuff? Oh man. What? You just oh, bring girlfriend. girlfriend stuff. <laughs> like you it's always just...
1: you always play better when there's a when there's a lady
0: watching, you know. Well, is your lady listening now? Is she a friend of the show? You know what I mean? I hope she's not listening. Why yeah. not? Uh, I, don't know. I don't know. This is what you do. This is who you are. You want her to embrace it. My wife she's listens too. to no shows what oh no shows yeah yeah she hasn't listened to one episode ever since we've done almost 600 of them not one she was even on one she didn't listen to it she she's coming back it. on soon no tim's been asking me to do that for the last six months no the answer is no all right everybody well are we gonna get um ready to chuck this week tim yeah he's got a limited availability
1: i won't a response he wants to go at nighttime, but I told him we don't do that. I didn't tell I'll him I'll do that.
0: a nighttime for Brady. I'll do a nighttime for Brady. Six yeah, o'clock, make it work. Is that a tough time? That's not even nighttime. I'll do that for sure. We'll make it work. Okay. Brady Kachuk, you make it work. <laughs> okay. I'll tell right? him that. All right, everybody. Well, get ready for that. I'm excited. Tim's excited. He's going on a date probably tonight. Wish him luck. It's going to be crazy. The second dates are always the most stressful. Not as stressful as the third date, though. So these are the ones where you're really going to see if you guys are compatible. You know, you asked the tough questions.
1: She, um, yeah, she invited me on a boat with her friends this weekend, this coming weekend. I'm like meeting the friends already.
0: That's pretty impressive. Are you going to go? Yeah. Yeah. Life jacket or no? <laughs> no, I'm to no, no? hit the gym every day this week, though. Is it like a personal boat or like a cruise boat?
1: they it's like a small it's probably a pontoon they just rented it with some friends they have like one of those just funny captains who's was just cool and, and
0: here's uh, the thing if they if they swim are you taking off the shirt or swimming with your shirt on oh shirts off come on
1: it's worse however embarrassed you think you might look it looks worse if you leave it on it's Just okay.
0: all right good to know all right everybody thanks for listening we'll talk to everybody uh, later cheers thanks for listening to dropping the gloves with john scott a member of the nation network of podcasts subscribe wherever you get your podcast from to never miss an episode